Hey there, it's Crazy Pastor's wife Lisa, and it has been a long time since we have talked. Um, you know this thing, it's called COVID, I don't know, maybe you've heard about it. And we, um, I stopped meeting with pastor's wives in March, like everybody else couldn't see their friends. And so um, my next one, I really wanted to be my bestest friend. My name is Leslie Dowd, but it was Leslie Gustafson from the San Fernando Valley, for sure, for sure. <laughs> Van Nuys Baptist Church is where we met um, way back when. And um, so I've been uh, doing, struggling like everybody else going through um, the, just the uncertainty of what's happened. Um, just, okay, so maybe you can relate. So I totally overate um, for comfort that first, uh, first couple of weeks and I got the worst chest pains. I thought for sure I was having a heart attack and got rushed to the hospital, which I didn't want to do, but I went to the hospital and um, of course they ran all the tests and they said, you, you're not having a heart attack, but we're sending you to the cardiologist. Went to the cardiologist the next day and they were like, um, he said two words, like, um, he said hiatal hernia and I'm like, but that's all he said and he said, my EKG was fine. So um, I went home and I Googled EKG. I know I, I Googled um, hiatal hernia. And it, the first article that came up, it said hiatal hernia, the great heart attack mimicker. So I don't know about you, but maybe you did a little overeating over the, um, the time just for comfort. And um, I got a hiatal hernia in the middle of it. And um, so I really took that seriously because I was in so much pain but I um, and I did not want to feel like that any, anymore so I joined this thing called Noom N-O-O-M and um, it totally worked for me I've lost almost 25 pounds and um, that was my biggest thing was that I had um, caused such a problem by by going through that. So that has been kind of my big bright spot. We, I had, a, had my sixth grandbaby. My husband and I had our sixth grandbaby in the middle of everything. And our grandson went off to college, our oldest grandson. So we've got all the different ages, but um, that's my catching up on me. And now I wanna get into um, getting to be with my bestest friend and um, we've known each other since I was, we were 13, 14, and um, met at Van Nuys Baptist Church. And the first day we met, I was like, I so hope she likes me, because she was so funny and so cool. And her dad was the worship leader at the church. Um, and it was, um, we just, it, it just clicked. Um, from that first day and she was sitting next to me that first night and I I think I went forward in church yeah that first night Sunday night when we were sitting together in church and um, that was just such a new beginning that's when I just found so much hope in my life 
and we've been great friends and she became a pastor's wife we went to seminary together but i so um hi leslie hi we're here together finally we tried to do this in the middle of COVID, and it did Mm -hmm. not work um so it's the same question that i ask everybody but i would like to ask you let's just start with this is because that just tells the beginning kind of of your story but how did you come to know Jesus? Right. Well, I was young. I'm probably six or seven. Um, my parents were Christians, so we had been taught that from birth. But I remember sitting in my mom's bathroom with her, and that's where I prayed to ask Jesus into my life. So that happened I was baptized after that and I never had to revisit that like I knew that Jesus was in my heart now growing up there were times where I had to evaluate is that really my belief or my parents and um, there were some situations where that was challenged but I never doubted that I had accepted Jesus Christ into my life. I never had to do a renewal of that or anything else. It was never a, you didn't doubt. No. No, you didn't go through a doubting stage. I didn't, I didn't either. No. I, I really like, I was so rock solid. It was, I, I didn't go through that sort of, I don't know, time where I was like, I'm not sure if I believe anymore. Right. It's like, right. did not go through that at all. No. Um, so pastor's kid, like, tell me a little bit about that. And I mean, it was good. I think, um, like Lisa said, we met in um, junior high. And I always joke that I only have two friends, but it's true. And Lisa's <laughs> one of them. <laughs> and Carla, who she mentions in one of the other podcasts. Um, but we were so fortunate to be in this church where the, the youth group, was a thing it was popular like it was a cool thing to go to so it wasn't you were like oh I have to go to church you wanted to go because um, that's where your friends were and all of our activities and all that kind of thing so my dad was the minister of music at that church and um, I guess what I want to say about that is I'm so thankful that my parents were down-to-earth realistic people (laughs) so they didn't have these huge expectations for us that we had to be different because we were pastor's kids um which was nice so i remember once going to junior high camp and one of the counselors or head of the department said that when we went to camp that i should be with all the cabin of new people that i shouldn't be with my friends (laughs) because I needed to be a leader and I shouldn't be with my friends. I should be welcoming to the new people. And so going along, it's like, okay, I'll do that. But I hated that. That really (laughs) made me mad. It's like, no, I just don't want to be a leader. I want to be a friend and be with my friends and whatever. So sometimes people do put expectations Mm. on you because of, Mm. I don't know, who your parents are or maybe Mm. some good qualities they've seen in you or... Um, whatever but for the most part we were allowed to be who we were and 
that's amazing because that's not true for a lot of pastors' kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we had a lot of boys to pick from because it was a huge youth group. <laughs> there was like 500 kids mm-hmm. from 10th to 12th grade, and mm-hmm. and um, so we we did kiss a lot of boys. We did kiss a lot of boys. Um, there's a few bad things we did together. <laughs> right. You like were really a bad influence on me to tell you the truth. She's full of it. It was the other way around. Right. <laughs> um, weren't you the one that wrote the note to get to be able to buy cigarettes at oh, I'm somewhere? Sure. Yeah, I'm sure it was me. <coughs> and but yeah. I mean, you your family saved my life because I. I've told my story, but after my sister got married and then my brother was killed by a drunk driver, our house went from kind of this happy um, middle-class family in in the valley to um, a sad family and really a lot of grieving that was going going on. And I went from a only, to, you know, the baby of the family to an only child. And the church just completely saved my life. And it's the church that my brother had found Christ in right before he was killed. And so there was a lot of history there. Um, But I lived at your house. Every chance I got, I was at your house. I know my mom loves to tell the story, even if I was there or not. But she would come home. Lisa would be sitting, she said, like in a hallway with a sewing machine and sewing set up doing some project for school or making something for her I don't know what class but whatever she said where's Leslie I don't know but here I am just I was. sewing I in know. your door was open all the time I guess or I don't know if, I don't think I had a key or you were the key was I trust there was family. no yeah there was no um, lock on the door yeah. And so I would come over before you got home from school because I'd get out earlier be- before you or something <laughs> like that and um and we, yeah, we had cheerleading disappointments together. Right. Where we had each other to cry on each other's shoulder. And then back to the boys. Um, yes. Yeah, so you know how Lisa met Denny, so I met my husband, Kim, in the same youth group. And I was, um, we started dating when I was 14. So originally he was friends with my sister and every year in this amazing youth group we keep talking about, they had a luau. So he called her and they were talking and he was saying, who do you think I should take to the luau? Well, I'm next to her on the phone pointing going, me, 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 <laughs> have him take me. So she said something like, what about Leslie? You know, she'd be fun, blah, blah, blah. So he did and that was our first date. Again, a lot of the dating then was in groups or because of church activities. It's not like you were going alone to a movie or whatever. But we really started dating then and then uh, got married six years later, but did not date consistently that whole time. So it was fun to have those little ups and downs with my best friend, Lisa. I know. Um, and but, what year yeah. was that? Uh, what, what part of it? I got married in 75. Okay. So when did you meet him? I was 20. Um, six years earlier. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I was so 14. So We're really good at math. So 69. Yeah. In 1969, you Early. met him. I met Denny. I was 13 when I met him. Right. So that was yeah. younger, right? Yeah. So what? 1968, eighth grade, ninth grade. I think you got married a year before us. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Oops. 
So um, that was cool. And then Lisa also mentioned that we were in seminary together. So that was really fun because there was kind of a little block of California people. Right. Um, in Denver. Yeah, Denver in seminary. Denver Seminary. So we kind of helped each other navigate what that looked like. Um, you Weren't know. you there a year before we were? Yes. Yeah. So being young married and doing that, wives working, my husbands were going to school and all that. But that was a, a great time. Yeah. So fun. Yeah. So amazing how yeah. we got to all be together during that time. And um, you hadn't had kids yet. No. Right? Yeah. So I had I had Brooke when we were there. But um, yeah, that was that was really an amazing time. Um so you went in, you guys went into full-time ministry, right? You were in full-time ministry, we were in full-time ministry. You like where did you go straight from seminary? Right. So we went to Los Gatos, California. Yeah. yeah. Um, to a church there and it was a great experience. Kim was a youth pastor and the ministry um, grew and flourished there and in some ways actually became a threat to the church because we had more youth coming than people in the church. So uh, again, that was an interesting thing to navigate. But I loved being a youth pastor's wife and it was fun working with kids, but then you kind of transition to working with the staff who are working with kids. So we got to kind of do a lot of mentoring with the staff that were taking care of the high school kids. So it was kind of cool to see how your ministry or influenced changes. Um, yeah, and then... And you loved that. I mean, it was I, a good... Wasn't that one of your best ministry That was one of our best ministry experiences. Yeah. I loved it. Um, there was some of the usual criticism when you have high school kids around, like they smoked in the parking lot and left a cigarette butt. Do we really want those people at our church kind of things um, that are ridiculous? But other than that, <laughs> yeah. you know, yeah. just um, kids that didn't... You mean like the elders or something? Yeah. That, whatever right. they called them at your church at the church but, yes you know them complaining about complaining that. Yeah. leadership claim you go please like we're gonna die on this hill right yeah, yeah exactly so yeah. you but that was that, the first time i really experienced that right but um <laughs> it was a great ministry loved it <laughs> then we went to another ministry with denny and lisa at calvary community in thousand oaks and again uh kim was in youth ministry uh that for um, us, that was like our magical. That was one of our most magical ministry experiences, um, and that sent us off to start Coast Hills. How was your feeling about right? Being so there? I say sometimes, and this seems strange, but it's the first place where I really learned how to worship. Now, that's not putting my dad or anything. He was the minister of music at the <laughs> church that yeah. we grew up in, and we had some amazing you know, worship times growing up and obviously it was a, a great thing in that whole ministry. But I guess just personally realizing the freedom I had and how I could worship, uh, I cried in church like every day for probably the first yeah. six months to a year. Yeah, and very cool. I just think, I don't know, because I was more open to the Holy Spirit or... Well, there were so many experiential experiences at the church. I was doing dance. I mean, they used dance. They used the banners, you know, the 
things that, you know, where the words are kind of in front of you and, and just the worship time. Where, yeah. Right. Right. It was, it, it was, was amazing. It was really good. Yeah. Great to be the first place to incorporate, like you said, um, different, different styles, arts. different right. arts mm -hmm. of worship, you know, yeah. visual arts and dancing uh -huh. and all that. So, um, that was awesome. And I loved music and drama. Not life drama, but like the kind you act in. <laughs> so um, that opened up, you know, from there, Kim and I ended up going to San Diego and starting a church there. Denny and Lisa had such a great experience and we're still having it in Laguna when we moved to San Diego and incorporated drama and all of that into our worship there. And I got yeah. to be a part of that. And that was awesome. It's like you can use your gifts like that and be a part of a church, use them in church. You don't have to go outside of the church to be in drama or mm -hmm, dance or mm -hmm. music. Yeah, we opened up the arts to so many people. We were in Dana Point and for nine years at the high school and then went to Elisa Viejo. But because of Laguna Beach and that whole, there's just arts. Huge arts. So we used yeah. a lot of artists, painters, right. that would paint things and we'd have them all over the church. And it was super cool. Yeah, a lot of freedom. Mm -hmm. A lot of freedom in ministry. Like if you could think of it, then we'd be like, you can do that and you had that. So then right. you went from there to... Um, then... Um, North Hills or North? Yeah, that's we started the church in San Diego. Um, we're there for 10 years. What was that called? Um, North Hills. Oh, okay. Yep. And that's and still there, isn't it? It is not. Oh, okay. No, it's not still there. It was, again, a, a, we have a lot of stories from people that came to know the Lord there that we're still really good friends with. And, um, it was just exciting to see lives changing, you know, and being around young Christians. Uh, we would have a Bible study with new Christians and they would be swearing and I can't believe the Bible blah, blah, blah said that. And, blah, blah. and it's like, oh my gosh, these are my kind of people. This is amazing. Because being brought up in the church and always going to Bible studies or being mentored or being taught and mm -hmm. blah, blah, blah. It was really nice to be around these people who just come to know the Lord and get a fresh perspective on what that was like and not feel bad because they swore or whatever, nobody was shaming them. They were just raw and mm -hmm. eager. Like new babies like that cook their babies. pants all the exactly. time. Yeah. And it you was, have to I was like, oh my gosh, you're my people. This is yeah. amazing. Yeah. I loved being around that new, fresh kind of thing more than they were real. people kind of getting stale. And, yeah. Yeah. So that was really, that was really cool. Yeah. Yeah. And they're discovering new things about the Lord, and they're enthusiastic right. about stuff. It's nice. They're yeah. not complacent. Yeah. They're enthusiastic. Um, I'm just, yes. this is a little side note here, but um, when we saw each other today for the first time, we gave each other gifts, <laughs> and <laughs> I gave her some perfume that I wore in high school. It was called Heaven Scent. Yes. Maybe some of you remember it. I found it on Amazon. Yes. <laughs> and so she's like, oh my gosh, I remember this. But this is the most darling, thoughtful, sweet little sign she gave to me. It says, friends will help you up when you fall, but best friends will push you back down and laugh. <laughs> 
and that is totally Leslie, and this is why I love her, um, because it's so good. Because when I first started reading, I was like, oh, and she's like, no, keep reading. Uh, Don't yeah, get no. emotional. This is sarcastic. Yes, okay. it, it um, is who I am. So you, what I love about you is you're super positive and you're super, I don't know, I think you're a nine on the Enneagram <laughs> uh, because like, you're like, whatever, no worries. Mm-hmm. Like we never fought. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, really. And I, and it was so easy. You were so easy to be, you know, friends with and um, you never made major things out of little things. But you're some of the experiences that you have at church. I don't know. You could say how much you feel like saying or where you were or whatever. But there was a flip, definitely. I mean, I just feel like you've never really had those. Some of those. This was a real painful time for you in one of your ministries that you had, and you just share what you feel like sharing on that because this is what I think people need to hear. That it's messy. Right. Yeah. It is messy. And I know when I listen to a lot of these things or when you hear women speak at a women's conference or those kinds of things, I always feel like, really, even if they're telling a story that was hard in their life, it's kind of like, I don't know, God just made everything better. Do I believe that? Sure. But there's some rough patches in there that you got to figure yeah, out. Give me the truth. Um, right. Um, so one thing, this is going back, I don't know why I'm thinking of this, but when we were in seminary together, there was a girl there that really didn't like us, like, a lot, and was very vocal about it, and oh, yes. I remember thinking and probably <laughs> saying to Lisa, it's the first time in my life I felt or knew that somebody didn't like me. Now, you can take that, like, some weird ways, but I guess I had a pretty idyllic Childhood, and if you only have two friends, then you know <laughs> you didn't have your two friends. <laughs> she was about the most popular in the youth group. Um, you know, then you don't realize that. But for me, that was kind of like you know, God protected me like till I was twenty from having to think bad about myself because <laughs> nobody ever told me they didn't like me. And so this girl was very vocal. We knew clearly she didn't like us. And, and I remember us saying, who wouldn't like right. us? Right. Like, we're, so we're, we're, we're the best. We're so easy. We have very good self-confidence. <laughs> right? Yeah. Who wouldn't want to be our friend? So anyways, uh, that's just, that was just funny. I don't know what made me think of that. Um, <laughs> anyways, so, <laughs> right, we get in this um, church where we moved, did I say it? Arizona. And... It was kind of a small church, but Kim was now the senior pastor, which made me a senior pastor's wife, which people <laughs> laugh about that now. They can't really picture that. Really? But really? It's really senior pastor's wife, um, which is funny because now I'm an HR director and have been for six years, and I often say how being a pastor's wife helped me in HR because you can smile and say yes I understand and whatever when you're really thinking you're so full of whatever <laughs> I can't even believe it and now that we wear masks you can just have that face on and they don't even know unless they can read your eyes where you're saying you're so full of it blah 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 uh, anyways what happened in this uh, church was I got involved on the worship team that's one of my gifts you know I could sing and whatever <laughs> um, but Kim and I just were not a fit for this church, and it became clear probably a year after we had been there. The church was 
really growing and that became I think a threat to like these core families that had started the church and so they became highly critical of us and our kids and you know how you kind of become a ma bear when you hear criticism about your kids but a lot of what they were saying wasn't true it was they were lying and so it was uh totally hard for me to kind of process that like, fa- like um falsely accusing yes like making up things yes yeah. making yeah. up things that you know weren't true and um at one point one of these matriarchs pulled me aside and had a whole litany a whole list of the things that she didn't like about me but one of them was how during worship I would writhe on stage in the way I moved my hips and what <laughs> I'm thinking, oh are you kidding me? I have, you know, kids in high school, I'm in the 40s, but whatever I am, and I'm writhing on stage. <laughs> no, you're the least I'm writer, not a writer of anyone. I, I do not, not write. <laughs> you are not a writer. I'm not a writer. I do not write. And so, maybe me. I mean, but not <laughs> you. So I'd be a writer. I am not a writer. <laughs> so, I walked away from that. One, I was bawling, but I thought later, I know in some ways I don't like the term bully, but I thought, what a bully, to pull me aside and just do this attack. And it was on my character and something in ministry that I love to do was being attacked and, you know, the whole thing. And I processed that and kind of got over it, but um, it was kind of um, one of the things there that it was like, okay, we, we don't fit here, you know, it, this isn't going to work. And, and this was how long you'd been there? Uh, we'd been there about a year. We ended up being there okay. three years. Mm-hmm. Um, and Ooh, but by the first year, it was Yeah, awkward. already, you know, the and, and with worship, we've always done hymns. This is still happening in this century. Right, <laughs> I couldn't right. believe it. But if you're going to do... Um, you know, two choruses, then you have to do two hymns, things like that that Kim was trying to deal with. And, which know. I don't think in California, which where we grew up, mm-hmm. that we experienced, we were like, we had our own like professional choreographer from, from right. Hollywood, right? We were doing right. all the cutting edge Christian musicals and all that kind of stuff at the church. So going to other parts of the country, you're dealing with some of these things that are that right. are kind of foreign. It was to us totally too. surprising. Yeah, I thought you're. We're really going to discuss yeah. this. I mean, yeah. people's lives are being changed. People are coming to the Lord. The church is growing, and you're worried about if, yeah. how many hymns we're going to do. So it's hard to do that with a smile on your face without thinking you're an idiot and be quiet and go sit down. Yeah. But you know you can't say that when you're in in the leadership roles and. And I'm so glad you're saying that because this goes out all over wherever, I suppose, the world, but, Mm -hmm. you know, all over America. And there are so many pastors' wives and pastors that are in churches that, you know, they are focusing on such minor things that make no difference and aren't scriptural and who cares and Jesus didn't, so why should you? Um, And I think it's important when you're in those two to find a safe place and it really has to be a godly trusted friend not just a friend yeah. not just someone who is godly but all those things someone that'll push you down and then laugh right someone will push you down and then laugh and <laughs> <laughs> say do it again <laughs> no totally you need um a safe place and a lot of times it's not in the church you know it has to be somebody outside of the church where 
you can go and just say, oh my gosh, this is blah, 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 blah. Um, I think it helps you unload. Of course, you can do that with God too, and he understands. But sometimes you just need to vent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. A lot of yeah. that. Yeah. I've done a lot of that <laughs> with you, yeah, right. for sure, for right. sure. And it's great because you're not judged. Yeah. You know, you are who you are, and God made you, and you shouldn't have to apologize for the gifts you have and how you express yourself. Right. And um, and uh, you said something to me, and I. One of the questions that I kind of skipped over was one. You know, what were the gifts that you used, and one was your voice. And your ability to, you know, the talent that you had with music and um, that you had since you were a little girl. And so that was always, you know, so applicable to the church at the time. There was something that you said to me, and, um, and I'll never forget it. And when you got kind of to the end, when you guys were, when you left, when you left the church, you said, I got sick and tired of being criticized. And um, I know later I experienced those sorts of feelings. I didn't at the time, but I it really stuck with me. I don't know, I kind of stole your thunder. <laughs> I mean, do you want to say it how you felt the no, feeling at the time? No, that's just, that's it was just, just absolutely it was like, right. It was like the, the you know banner over really what you were feeling at the time yeah yeah and and I hated just to dwell on that because overall in in my life growing up and um, yeah the ministry re-experiences that we did have were fabulous they're so good but when you start getting criticized again it was my um being naive like how could anybody not like me I really thought that so that's probably yeah. a problem I have but Oh, you are so easy. Um, so, to be criticized again for what Lisa said, things that were so um, periphery, not important to God's work and what he wants to do, but um, having to realize really that was the person's issue, not mine. Mm -hmm. Like, whatever they were dealing with, they needed to be petty, right. you know, whatever, and just saying, okay, yeah, that's that's you. Um, but it's hard when you're in it. Yeah. So funny story. <laughs> so a year ago, um, we're fortunate that our kids live in Arizona with us. And so, of course, they're both adults. And um, my daughter has a, a, a daughter, my first grandchild. Okay, so before mm -hmm. you get into that, mm -hmm. I want to say you left that church. Oh, yes. You guys stayed in Arizona, but you... Correct. Kim got into real estate. You got, you got into working at the high school. Very like, take a deep breath and like exhale. And yes. go, this is really who we are. You were meeting people. People were loving you. And it was like this whole other world. You weren't in full-time ministry anymore. Absolutely. It was, ended up being this great positive life that you guys have gone on to have. Absolutely. And that's possible. To do. Absolutely. Yeah. It is absolutely possible. Yeah. And it was uh it was great like they said kim got into real estate and it was just a totally different i can help people um right and still you know be ministry in their life because i'm going to be honest with them and help them yeah. with this you know big life decision you know where they're going to live and all that so that was great and then and i didn't have to be a pastor's wife anymore <laughs> so yeah. i think 
once you're a pastor and pastor's wife, you are. And of course, so many things growing up in my life have um, helped me, like I said, even in the human resources position, to know how to deal with people graciously, but to also be able to be honest with them. Um, so last year, my daughter and I, who's she's in her 30s, you know, she's an adult, we went to a Mercy Me concert. So um, what I would say about worship is, I am passionate about worship. I always say I'm not a passionate person, if somebody disagree with me, but I say I'm not a passionate person, but I am about my faith in um, God, my relationship with Jesus, my children, my family, my two friends. And um, I am passionate about those things. But um, so I love um, my private worship, driving in the car, just I can worship like none other. Yeah. Or, you know, in my quiet place at home and reading or whatever. But usually it's through music that, that moves me. But I love corporate worship, probably like the most thing ever when there's hundreds or thousands of people singing praise to God and it's that moves me like I can't even yeah I'm yeah. getting teary totally. so <coughs> anyways I take Brittany we go to this Mercy Me concert and of course we're immediately into it and we stand up and we're singing and clapping and dancing and whatever so this lady behind us says my parents are older and they can't stand up and so they can't see. So every time you stand up, you're kind of ruined for them because they can't worship. <laughs> well, I'm like, okay. So I thought, okay, do that HR face and say, <laughs> I understand, right? So we'll move over then. So Brittany and I would kind of move to the aisle and dance and sing and whatever so we wouldn't be in front of them. Yeah. And then she like taps me again. You know, really, she this whole judgy thing. You're not being a very sensitive Christian right now. You're not this. You're Stop not it. that. What? You're not that. What? I went off. Yeah. I lost my blank. Can yeah. we say? <laughs> I don't know if I can say that word right now, but you I lost want your to. sanctification. I did. Yes. I totally yeah. lost it. So I think all of this, you know, this judgy stuff and all that I talked about, the lady telling me I was writhing. All that I was just it just bubbled out. Yeah. Who are you that you can talk to me about how to work? I bring my daughter here and we can't just worship God how we want to worship God. You're gonna judge me for how I'm worshiping God? And it was like, And oh, you oh, didn't my. see it coming, right? right. It's like you're just being yourself oh, and all of a sudden there's somebody gosh, yes. Yeah. I mean I went off and I'm not a go off person. No. But everything it I'm so proud of you. My history must have bubbled up. Right. But I thought here we are at a concert with thousands of people and right. we're worshiping God and we're so free and can raise our hands and dance and sing and however we want to do it and look silly and nobody will judge us. And then here's this lady like judging us. And Brittany had tears in her eyes because she felt bad because she didn't want to hurt the experience for these people. But yeah, anyways. What was, happened? What did the lady do? Um, after I, that? I went off. She left me alone, but then at the end of the concert, she came at me again, like walking out. Like, are you I'm, serious? Yeah, I just really can't believe like what a disappointment you are, and blah, blah, blah. Well, <gasps> and at that point, Brittany, we left. And it didn't ruin our night because. Okay. Can I just make a point it here? It didn't ruin right our night. We, we kept worshiping. This is, this is something that a friend of mine <clears throat> really ingrained in me a few years ago. And it's that Satan can't hear your thoughts, but he can hear your words. And so the real, the power in Satan, get behind me, 
I say it three times, Satan, get behind me, Satan, get behind me, Satan, get behind me. And I can literally feel the change in my body because I'll say it out loud when I just sense that I'm really spinning over things or if something has happened. And um, I've really looked into the scripture on that, why Jesus said that. And the reason why Jesus said that was because Peter... Jesus said, I'm, I'm going to die. Mm-hmm. I'm going to, you know, this is going to happen to me. And he started telling them like something very intimate of what was happening. Peter pulls him aside and goes, hey, 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 don't talk like that, Jesus. Like you're really bringing people down. You are really bummed. <laughs> it's really but you're telling us that you're going to die. Right. And like, what does Jesus say? He doesn't say, oh, no, you know, Peter calm down. He says, Satan, get behind me. That's like one of the worst things he could have said to a friend. Mm -hmm. But that is, Peter was telling Jesus, you're doing something and you're, you're like, you're doing something wrong. And Jesus is saying, this is what I've been called to do. Mm -hmm. You were being called to pray. You know, like an audience of one. It was between you and God. You were there. Mercy me. That's what you do at a concert is you, you know, you worship. And so you could have said, get behind me, Satan, to that woman. Because that woman was telling you, you are doing something that is not what has, you're, you're, she was telling you 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 were doing something wrong and you weren't doing anything wrong. Right. That was against what God like was she's calling saying, you to do. Don't listen you to were God doing and how calling. he's moving in your life right now. Exactly. Let me tell you how God should be moving in, That's interesting. in your life right now. Yeah. So anyways, that was funny because that was just a year ago. Yeah. But, but the thing is you don't it, ever it forget just it. Like, it's like what? visceral. It's right. visceral because... Yeah, I've had a few of those when it was just like, oh, not today. Not today. I, no, no, not today where right. I become someone I don't recognize. Right. Yeah, right. I was at a CBS, this was about a month ago. <laughs> I, was, I had my coupons, I had my stuff, I waited in line just like everybody else, six feet apart. I had my mask on, big old plastic thing in between you, can't hear them. It's like... Oh my gosh, there's all these barriers in between you and the person. And so I'm doing all my thing. Um, Denny teases me. He says that CVS is like my casino. Right. Because of all my coupons. <laughs> and and coupons. I'm like, I got $50 right. off with right. all my coupons. Um, but uh, so I was just starting with the guy and I was just giving him, you know, my different things. And there's a guy behind me, he's probably in his 80s, and he goes, <gasps> Well, this is taking a long time, and where is somebody? And I need somebody in line. And I just turned around and I said, um, "Calm down." No, I said, oh. "I said, what's wrong?" I said to him, and here you can't see my face really because right. I'm pretty covered up. And he's like, "Well, I just think they need more people that are working here." He's just being such a jerk. And I said, "Calm down." You know, I just like really kind of gave him the stink eye, and. Um, I was supposed to have it. Not today. Right. And then the guy was so, they were, he goes, hey, he called somebody else out to help me. And then he went over and helped the guy. And he was so gracious. He was some, just some young kid. He was like, had a better attitude than I did. Right. But he works there and he might have gotten fired if he had. But so. sometimes it's but, just But I got out of my today. car and I was physically shaking because I was just upset by my visceral reaction to someone not being. Mm-hmm. and made me a lunatic. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? And but I think everybody has gone yes. through that. Oh my and gosh. Right now it is. Everybody is going just through Just try it. and be calm and just try yes. and be kind. Yes. Because yeah, politically there's things going on and the COVID <laughs> and the whole yeah. thing. And I'm seeing it a lot at work. You know, employees oh my and gosh. staff, yes. teachers, are they coming back or are they not? And the kids, are they coming back or not? Right. And, um, like be yeah. calm, and I tell myself all the time, God is in control. Yeah, God is in control. Yeah, I sing it. <laughs> I believe it, um, but sometimes it's hard not just to. Yeah, yeah. My latest is God gave me this. My uh, my grace is sufficient for you. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I've heard that a million times mm-hmm. in my life, but it was like it never hit me like it did the other day. Um, just my grace is sufficient. That's all you need is my grace. And I'm like, okay, okay, okay. I'll take it. I, it was really a very calming ideal with uh, definitely anxiety and panic attacks and all that sorts of things, which I've talked about in earlier podcasts. Um, I am uh, um, grateful for you because you um, really... You complete uh, me. Why, you <laughs> absolutely true, complete though. me. We no, do you, complete you are why I, we am where I'm at today. I mean, oh, there, wow. There's no doubt about that. Because you, you, you really showed unconditional love in just so many ways. And I, I always felt liked. And, and being a two on the Enneagram, I really deal with rejection. And that was something that I did not feel and that just I, I didn't know back then why that was so important to me but um, just that yeah thank, thank you. you for that <laughs> and I do I do love you unconditionally you do I do yeah. I, I just think I personally I just kind of like life's too short not to but yeah um, yeah that's that's true yeah, I feel that. So you had we didn't we didn't kind of get into this, but we just got a couple more minutes. But you had a son first. You mm-hmm. had Ryan. Yeah. And then was it two years later you had Brittany? Right, two years later. That was when we were at Calvary. Yeah. So we were married for seven years before yeah. we had kids, and that was kind of by design because we were in youth ministry and. Yeah. We did all these fabulous trips and all that, and I'm like, I'm right. not staying home while you no, go on these no, trips. Super smart. I want to go skiing and I want to do all this stuff. Yeah. So uh, that was great. First, um, yeah, we seven got years. married young. Yeah, I was. Yeah, 20, we, we right? waited five years. <laughs> um, I was nineteen. Kids. Yeah. So um, that was awesome, and then we were ready. It was like, okay, I feel like this is good timing. We yeah. had um, Ryan, our son, and then three years later, three and a half years later. We had uh, Brittany. Uh, and Brittany's, daughter, your son is married. Our son is married, and um, they don't have any children. They had some issues there with miscarriages and that kind of thing, and at just some point felt like God was just telling them, maybe this is not for you. So yeah. they've been married 10 years, so happy. They yeah. are so involved in ministry and their church, and their godparents to all their friends' kids, and yeah. um, uh, I do have a granddaughter with my daughter and her husband, who's two and a half, and she calls Ryan Funkle because he's the fun uncle, and it really is Funkle so Ryan. <laughs> so, um, and what are you called? I'm called Hana. Okay, and what? Which Kim's? means family in Hawaiian. Yeah. Kim is Huna. 
Yeah. So it's we, beautiful. Isn't Hana mean beautiful? Like beautiful. there's the road to Hana. Yeah, I there's the road to Hana. And, yeah. Um, or heaven. It means heaven. Yeah. And Nahuna and, and it's Ohana yeah. is family or yeah. whatever in Hawaiian. Okay. And we're tropical people. We're beach people. Yeah. Our backyard is tropical. So we kind of have a whole tropical thing. They, they have, do. They have the coolest backyard. So cute. Um, yeah, really so cute. Like it was Hawaii. kind of fun to go along with, in with that. Hot Arizona. In hot Thank Arizona. Thank you, Hawaii. That's right. We're faking you all it's out. It's a dry heat. <laughs> That's a dry heat. Yeah. That's right. Uh, anyway, so yeah, very blessed to have, you know, this yeah. family and um, that and we all kind of ended up in Arizona and, and uh, can be together. It's, it's yeah. we're so blessed. And you yeah. guys and your parents are my, they're my second parents. Um, John and Dee Gustafson, and um, we're actually with them right now. We're in Newport Beach, in Newport Beach, <laughs> and um, I don't know if you can hear the waves outside. Um, but it, uh, they saved my life too because I spent so much time at their house and got to understand ministry a lot. Just even as a teenager, watching how how a household worked, being in ministry, and um, uh, it, it's been just an incredible experience having this family in our lives for feels like forever almost yeah, almost forever mm -hmm. and um so we're coming to an end i want to pray for you mm -hmm. um uh, that's kind of how we end things here and um i what church are you part of now it's or, um CCB, it's called Christ Church of the Valley, okay. and it's one of those satellite things. There's a big one, and then there's a couple yeah. of satellites. We yeah. attend one of the satellites, and again, I get to go there with my mom and dad and my sister. Yeah, and I, you know, again, just to have this uh, lineage of whatever right. carry on, even at this right. late in our life. My dad's 96, my mom's 91, okay, and good. to still have them a part of our life and. And they're sharp as a tack. Yes, and still learning. Telling you. They're amazing. It's amazing. But we'll always take prayers. Yeah. Okay. Here. Let's hold hands. We are. Okay. Mm -hmm. uh, Jesus, I thank you so much for my friend Leslie. And um, we have um, been through so many things together. And just that friendship that lasts, that that is um, been bound together through through you and kind of that, the three chords that can't be broken. And um, we just thank you for um, uh, for having that. So many people that, that ha don't have this experience of having a friend that's in their life um, or have a broken friendship, which I've had my share of them too, but mm -hmm. um, have um, not been able to sustain that. But Lord, we pray for uh, the, the Dowd family and the Gustafson family and just continue to bless them, keep them healthy. Um, and Lord, I pray for everybody that's listening out, out there. Um, and if you're a pastor's wife or not, or just a, a person that um, is had their ups and downs in life, which everybody has, I pray that you will protect them that you will um, keep them safe, protect them from um, this virus that is still out there and that, um, that we can just come to you in prayer and, um, and know that you, um, your grace is sufficient and um, that they um, find incredible peace 
within their churches to where they are. I know we haven't even gotten into that. We know it's crazy stuff that are there's going in on within the churches and kind of the um, different um, opinions. And I know pastors and wives are going through a lot right now. So I, I pray for them. And Lord, I pray that you will, um, uh, as, as this goes on over the next few weeks as we're continuing to um, um, talk about what's going on in the church that that will be um, uh, meeting the needs of people out there that are really looking for a place to maybe um, hear and relate to and um, find uh, uh, the purpose and with a lot of the things that that's going on their purpose in their lives so we thank you pray your love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, that your fruits of the Spirit will follow us wherever we go. And we pray this all in the name of Jesus, our only hope. Amen. 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 I love you. Amen. I love you, too. <laughs> Bye, friends. And much love. <laughs>